Hey there, welcome to the Creative Metaverse Podcast, formerly known as the Game Artist Podcast. My name is Ryan Kingsline, and I'm the CEO of Vertex School, where we train creatives for the career of their lives. In this podcast, we interview amazing creatives and artists working in film, games, and building the metaverse right now. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hey everyone, this is Dan at Vertex School. Today I have with me Mark. Uh, Mark, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. I'm a senior cinematic animator at Slightly Mad Studios. I think we're Codemasters Company, that's the name now. But yeah, that's where I am currently. But yeah, uh, so work on cinematics, in-game stuff, anything that's animated really. So like cars, stuff like that, yeah. You name it, we can, yeah, we have to animate it, which is cool. Yeah. Um, what are uh, some other titles that you may have worked on? Um, I've worked on, I've been fortunate to work on a few. I worked on Forza Horizon 3, um, Lego Avengers, Lego Worlds, um, what's the other ones? Star Citizen, um, Shadow Mordor, Until Dawn, Mad Max. There's quite a few. Of, when I worked at Cubic Motion, it was um, a lot of facial stuff, which was outsourced. So we got to work on multiple AAA projects over short periods, which was awesome. Just mm-hmm got to work on so many cool characters like really like in a short period of time which was great yeah yeah i imagine uh things like arkham knight and mad max those were probably really 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 fun to work with because um i i mean i i know i really enjoyed playing them and um some of the stuff that was done in both of them was was really really cool so i'm glad you had a lot of fun working with those projects yeah it was well cool just to like touch them projects even just like on small scales obviously doing the facial stuff it's only the small part mm-hmm. of it but them sort of games like they've got that accolade and you're like oh yeah that's like something that you think oh that, yeah that's a nice thing for you for show with a cv yeah absolutely um so given that you've worked with so many different characters and you've been able to touch so many different things um i imagine that you have a process to try and get into that particular character or how to um, really work with a, a wide range of, uh, of types of characters. What would you say that your process is once you're giving, given a new uh, character to work with or a new uh, animation set to work with, what is your process to try and get into that character as you're working on? Um, well, if we get a character sheet, sometimes you get a character sheet on Lego characters. That was every character. So if you got like, um, say, a Loki, like the little, so you get him in like a character sheet of what his traits were and how like placed he was and stuff and examples. So you'd go through all that and then maybe do a little test animation just to see if you get in the right feel of it. Mm-hmm. And you show the lead or the designer and they're like, oh yeah, that's how we want him to look. So then you go through the whole set of moves. And stuff yeah. like that or if it's realistic you'd obviously look at the reference like when we were doing um vin diesel obviously the fast and furious films we see all the um reference of him in the films obviously there's loads of that so you try and mimic how he'd be like he seems to cross his arms a lot which is what we put in a lot <laughs> so yeah that was like his traits so like he kept them yeah. traits like on the shoot and stuff so yeah which was cool very cool um so more about uh, the beginnings there and you've talked a little bit about uh reference and things along those lines with with your process do you find that um you do any levels of drawing or anything along those lines in order to to plan things out or do you like jumping straight into 3d or 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 when you're planning out a shot how do you generally go about that yeah definitely do thumbnails or have a plan just even if it's small storyboards just like i'm not the best drawer so it's just like stick men doing the nice like getting where i'm going to get the axe on the back or whatever pose so mm-hmm. like just like story beats like boom 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 maybe like only six drawings mm-hmm. so then i know when i go to my video reference if i'm doing it myself at least i know them six poses i know i want to try and get in the reference somewhere so if i go in blind i'll just with i'm not an actor as such so i'll be very handsy like this like ah right <laughs> so like if i have some drawings i'll try and keep it more toned down and into the performance but then I'd look for a reference, say if it's an audio shot, just like say if I was doing a personal shot and I had mm-hmm. like a WAV sound and then I'd try and get some actor who's doing some sort of performance like that. Like say if it's um, some sort of deep um, 
emotional performance like somebody like who's upset or something and i want to try and get that across I have to look yeah. at reference first and try and get in that mindset before i even touch maya because mm -hmm. if i open maya i just jump straight in and then you just noodle <laughs> and, right. go and go, yeah and you're just pecking away at nothing and then if you're going with um, a plan i feel like you get the shot done a lot quicker well blocked out a lot quicker anyway mm -hmm. very cool uh, when you're doing your blockouts, um, I know everybody has a different process for that. Somebody might just put in a couple poses that they like here and there, and then they kind of break them down from there. When you're doing that, uh, do you find that you're you enjoy using things like stepped keys, or are you more of let the let it do what it's going to do in between, and you just use shortcuts to jump between, or uh, how do you generally go about your blocking stage and planning stages? So I'll usually do the key poses, maybe six to nine key poses if it's a short shot. So mm -hmm. then I know what's happening and then I'll break it down from there using Twee Machine. That's the main thing I use quite a lot of. Mm -hmm. And then yeah, just go from there and break that down into sections till it's on like fours or something like that. So the pose on every four frames or something. So then mm -hmm. on a hit spline, it's not going to be as crazy as <laughs> some shots when you hit spline, you think, oh yeah, great. And then it hits spline, it's just like, uh, it goes <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and you have to spend days trying to turn it back. So, yeah, I like to go into steps as far as I can. Mm -hmm. So at least you know the idea is working. And if you get feedback in step, it's a lot easier to change the poses and in betweens than if you're in splining, in my mind anyway. So yeah. you'd have to go backwards if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I definitely feel as though the more information you're giving the computer, the better chance it's going to have in interpreting what it is that you're trying to do, going from one point to the next to the next to the next. Um, yeah. It's funny you mentioned that things going all over the place because in <laughs> step, I tend to, because uh, I did a lot of the last things that I've done had been really large action shots. So you have like flips and all that kind of stuff. And even though you think you're doing it the way that will make it work out right, and then you like, all right, let's put this to splines and see what's going on. And like the hips flip over 360 yeah. degrees in the middle and you're like, ah, yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. Plenty of that yeah. kind of stuff happened to me. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's very daunting when that happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually I just did a like a spinning attack, um, like blocked it out last week, and exactly that happened. I was like, oh, I'm gonna be really good about this because I know it can cause an issue, and I created like tons of breakdown keys, and somehow between one key to the next one, it flipped over 360, but then the arms also did the same thing. So, but they went the opposite direction. So it was like this three frames of like a helicopter looking thing that just happened. I was like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> thankfully uh, it was in Maya and I was using the graph editor in Maya. And thankfully the Euler filter that they have in Maya, yeah, yeah. it seems to only have gotten better over the years. Cause I remember thinking yeah, before, like it's, it was a manual process. They had a button for it, but it was like, mm, no, this is going to be yeah, a manual yeah. process. These days, I mean, it has it has really saved my butt a lot recently, being able to yeah, just Yeah, yeah, it's and... very good, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it seems it, to work really well. Yeah. Um, so obviously, your, your demo reels this day, you have years of things to add to your demo reel. And, and for us these days, it's more or less, what shot do I like the most? What shows my best body mechanics? What shows my best acting? Uh, things along those lines. So we have years of footage to throw in. Um, with that, students have the opposite problem. And as they come out of school, the only things that they generally will have, because it's all we give them time for, is to animate the scenes that we ask them for. But it's things like picking up a box and things along those lines. When you go back and you think about that time period for yourself and uh, if you are one that reviews demo reels at any of your, your jobs that you've had, what would you say would be your biggest suggestion to a student getting ready to create their first demo reel to hand out? Um, well, when I created my first demo reel after university, I came out and I thought, yeah, you're going to get a job straight away. But yeah, it was very below apart from what I was seeing on the internet and stuff and there was animation mentor was very high then and so it's competing with those guys mm -hmm. so I decided to do I animate like the body mechanics classes just to get that upper hand again and then that seemed to work to get my first job but in general yeah you want to say if it's a basic exercise where someone's picking a box up and 
putting it down. If you can create that into a little scene as if it's in a movie. So say I saw one recently where there's a van swaying all over and the guy's got a big box and it falls out the back of the van. And it was like an eight second shot, but like a base, the basic thing was picking the box up and it fell out. But it was like, it's something that stood out. If there was 20 or 30 of them shots with someone picking a box up and putting it down, that shot with just the slight camera moves in the van and then dropping it out, that's going to mm-hmm. be like, that's the one I'm going to be like, this guy is thinking more out of the box, even though, mm-hmm. even if his animation skills are still as on the same level for the first demo reel, but it's just mm-hmm. the ideas there where I'd be thinking, oh, that guy's thinking about cameras, thinking about like it could be in like a different setting or something. It's not just picking the box up and like we all did like when you first learned it's like walk yeah. doing a generic walk like the walks if you have a nice double bounce walk or just adding some looking around and into that basic walk just a layer or something mm-hmm. something like that will stand out to your other people you're competing with if that makes sense yeah absolutely I, I think that you hit an important note there and something that I'm hoping that I can really instill in the students that I teach is even a mundane task like picking up a box can be interesting, as you had just mentioned. And while it's important to go in and figure out the mechanics of where does my weight go when I'm picking this thing up and things along those lines, it's really uh, important and, and helpful to be able to think about, like, if I want this on my demo reel, do I want to just have a vanilla walk up to the box, mm-hmm. a vanilla bend over and a vanilla pick up? Like, you may have hit everything that was important uh, in showing your body mechanics and learning it, but one of my favorite and I think one of the more powerful uh, principles of animation is appeal. And what can you do to make picking up that box appealing? Maybe it's heavier than the person thought, so they were going to pick it up and it looks relaxed and all of a sudden it's like, oh, that's actually really heavy. Maybe they struggle with it. Maybe they pick it up and the bottom falls out of it and then they like scramble to to get it back together and pick it up again or, or whatever it may be. Making the moment more memorable than just, okay, that guy knows how to make someone pick up a box. I think, yeah, yeah. I think you had a really important note there and I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Or even if the box has its own character, it could start jumping away or something. You're trying to catch it and then you pick it up. Just so yeah. it's like... Because if it is looks generic and then you think, oh, that's caught you off guard because the box is running off and off, or, mm-hmm. or something like that, or it rolls away or something, just, yeah, it thinks outside the box more for that basic task. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's, that is really important because when you're sending your demo reel out, you're going up against sometimes hundreds, if not over a thousand people applying for that yeah. same exact job. What are you going to do to your demo reel to make it stand out among all of those people? And that's hard enough as senior lead and director level to try and stand out at their levels but um in that process we go against slightly less amount of people than than students go against and standing out has to be really important but you want to make sure you do it in a way that is accessible and accepted by all audiences so you, yeah uh, obviously making sure you don't have curse words and things like those uh yeah. inside your demo reels because that might turn somebody off and yeah, you really don't want to make sure you're not turning anybody off before they even have a chance to see your your skill level yeah 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 I, 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 a few times with the curse words like the first shot there's like some screaming swearing it's like it's just to set the tone of like your mind just turns off then even if it's a great reel it's like yeah yeah it i've i've only seen a very few times where a pretty harsh curse word was used but it was done in a way that it, it felt okay but it's yeah. still it's still jarring to even hear mm. even if it's in a comedy line or something that's not angry or or, or vulgar but you hear it and you go ooh like and it takes you out of the moment for just a yeah, second yeah. I, I imagine watching, let's say, uh, a Disney movie or a Pixar movie, something along those lines, and you know what to expect. Beautiful animation, yeah. a gorgeous story, but imagine if one of the characters all of a sudden cursed. Like, you would yeah. jump out of it for a moment, <laughs> and what you really want to do for a demo reel is just like anybody in this industry wants, is for the person to be engaged and not get that broken away moment. Um, yeah, yeah. So that they stay engaged with what they're looking at. and. Um, yeah, I, I think that's that's probably really good advice there. Yeah. Um, with with that, are there any particular uh, 
animation studies that you think that would really benefit a student that maybe even a lot of schools don't do? Like, you know, you got the bouncing ball and, and the, yeah. the box pickup and things along those lines. Is there anything you can think of, especially for someone wanting to get into games where you go, hey, if you don't do this in school, at least take a few weeks after school to do this thing? Um, or do you think the what happens through schools is, is good enough? Um, I think these days the schools have got to another level where it's pretty good, but um, obviously they were quite far behind. That universities especially were behind the online courses compared to like animation mentor and like, animate and stuff. Mm -hmm. But if you're going, it depends on the job as well. If it's a gameplay animator, I'd um, expect you to maybe know how to link animations, like the full set, maybe get that working in an engine, like link that up in a mm -hmm. blend tree or whatever, get that. So you're walking around with a character and he jumps and he runs or he attacks. If you can do that stuff, you're going to stand out way more than someone who just says, here's an idol, here's a run, here's a walk. So right. something like that. Um, it would depend on the job, really. But um, if it was like a cinematic, same thing, if you could get something working in an engine, just mm -hmm. something that, should, even if it's pretty crude or it's such basic camera switching or something, just saying, oh, look, I'm looking at this. You're going to yeah. stand out more than someone who hasn't done anything in the engine. So that yeah. seems to be the big thing with jobs these days. It's all about the engine work as well. So if you have that, like you jump above the other candidates straight away. So like, oh, you've been looking in Unreal, the, the blueprints or whatever. And mm -hmm. here's a bit of an example of just even a walk and jump or whatever. You're like, oh, yeah, that's great, yeah. So something yeah. like that um, would be great. I'm really glad you said that because uh, that is something that we do in our boot camps here is taking the work that people have created, whether it be modeling or animating or otherwise. And uh, as of right now, we're using Unreal uh, in order to do so. Um, yeah, cool. We also want to try and stay ahead of the game as much as we can. And something that's no, not exactly new, but something that I feel is still undereducated, and I don't know a great way to do to do education for this, is mocap capture and motion matching capture, things along those lines. Um, do you think it's important for uh, schools to try and teach those things, or do you think it's more or less if you can get the keyframe animation stuff down and all, know all those principles, uh, it's just a level of tech to learn, like learning Maya or learning some other tool. How do you how do you feel about education around motion matching? Um, I think yeah, you do. I think sometimes it is a different kettle of fish because if you've just been animating in Maya, say like uh, I know guys who work just on TV shows. And they've just got the Maya scene animated, but within a game engine or doing mocap, they're a different, the mind doesn't work that way. So if you do that school where you do like a set in motion builder and skip, blend some animation scaring, if it's just free stuff like uh, walk to idle or anything, and get that mindset of how that works and how the body moves, because the mocap data as well, obviously, if you move the chest and it's all different parts sometimes it just goes all janky and like right. <laughs> you have that like problem as well so if you're in your mind you think like keyframe like oh I'll just put changes pose it doesn't work that well so you have to have that mindset really from the start of how mocap works mm -hmm. so yeah if you if you did a bit just like even if you didn't do it at school just in your personal time trying to get something to work within motion builder or something like just a one motion builder or whatever like the industry standard is what mm -hmm. the guys are looking for. Usually it's like Maya and Motion Builder. That's what, that's what right. I've used anyway. So if you yeah. can use that even slightly, it's going to boost you again above the other candidates. Yeah. So if you do, yeah, if you have used something, even if it's basic, it's just better than none at all, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also think that we're starting to learn how to think about layer layering systems is really important because. Um, while a lot of keyframe animators don't even bother trying to use layers, um, yeah. it, there's a lot of instances where you really need to, or where yeah. you really, um, like motion capture is all beyond just cleaning up the mocap itself. It's all layers. Like mm -hmm. if we want something to happen bigger than what actually happened in the mocap data, you're not actually going in and deleting all of the, the keys on the arm. You're yeah. using different layering systems in order to keep all that data still in there, but then being able to ramp it up or or yeah. even tone it down and things along those lines. So yeah, um, we certainly try and instill as much of that as we can. Um, still trying to figure out the the mocap area because um, it would be really great to have access to mocap data. Um, when I've worked with mocap in the past, I've had 
a lot of input on that as well. So it's a lot of acting choice kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so trying to trying to figure some of that stuff out for sure. Um, and I'm I'm glad to hear because a lot of people are getting more and more interested into motion matching because it's becoming so prevalent in our industries, um, uh, whether it yeah. be fantasy or otherwise. It's still it's still making its way in uh, for sure. Yeah, I did recently see that. Have you seen the Rococo suits that you can use at home? So it just links up through the Wi-Fi for the mod cap, so you can just record your own things in, as long as you've got a computer and Wi-Fi, which just looks awesome. People use it for like Star Wars shots and stuff, but like mm -hmm. something like that, if you had access to that, which is just any, uh, you could do it at home and have some clean data to work with, which is, yeah, if you get some sort of solution like that, it'd be awesome. Yeah, the, the, the tech are based around uh, motion matching is, it's changing almost on a daily now it, it, like they're just coming out with new ideas and better ideas and cleaner ideas and I, re I remember like the first time I saw someone wearing a suit and they had like these uh, almost tennis ball size sensors all over their body and I looked at it and I was like this is the pinnacle of of uh, animation capturing uh, of live you know and when I was doing it uh, that year we also had a horse come in and we had a big treadmill for yeah. the horse and we put all those spheres all over the horse and it came through and I was like, oh man, like it's not getting better than this. Like this is awesome. Like you just yeah. put these things on, go into a room that's got some cameras and lights and you're good. Yeah. And then it was very shortly thereafterwards, they got rid of the balls and used like little dots. And I'm like, okay, this, that's awesome. Like now you don't have yeah. to worry about knocking a sensor off in the middle of animating uh, or in the middle of uh, getting an actor to animate or doing it yourself. And then they just kept going. And the next thing you yeah. know, people were wearing rigs around their head and perfectly capturing yeah. facial expressions and all that stuff. And now, now you don't even have to have a mocap room. Now you can get a solution that works more off of, yeah. um, I think they work off of gyros and other such things that read their, where they're at and which way they're bending and stuff along those lines. Um, I haven't actually looked into that enough. Um, I pulled yeah. it up actually yesterday or today. I randomly pulled their web pulled their website up. Uh, and I started looking at it. I just haven't had the time to really re research those things, but I love the idea that it's making it more accessible for anybody to go to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it's... When I was working for Firaxis, our mocap studio was in California, and our studio that we worked in was in uh, Maryland. Those are all the two opposite coasts in the yeah. United States. So. In order to go capture some stuff and talk to actors that are going to be doing some of it and recording some of it yourself, that was a week to two week process because you don't want to go out and just record one thing and come back. You know, yeah. these days there's a lot more mocap studios, which is really great. A lot of studios have their own mocap studios now that costs of the tech are starting to come down. And now, uh, as you had mentioned, we're starting to get to the level of motion matching where it's becoming accessible to people at home. And I think that's yeah. going to be, it's going to be a really interesting and important switch and and uh, uh, power uh, essentially yeah. to to students and otherwise that can afford to get these kinds of things because it's going to just, it's going to take you up to the next level. Like someone, I was in industry before motion capture really became a thing, so yeah. I didn't get an education on it and I wasn't able to really do it at home. And I'd love to be able to grab a suit like. And, and yeah, yeah, it'd be awesome. No, yeah. We did our shoot in Canada in Vancouver, so we had to fly over there to get it done. So like yeah. the same thing, the pickups we have to go for another week. Like yeah. if we had suits at home. But then again, I think that the magic when you have all the actors together, I don't know if you'll get that dynamic if you're doing it at home yourself or whatever. Right, but yeah, for, for sure. It's great. But um, yeah, and obviously the stunts and stuff you can't <laughs> can't chuck someone off yeah, like a forty yeah. foot apple. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um yeah. I just, I just really love the idea of, of being able to do that kind of stuff at home, even if it's, I use it just as reference. Like I, yeah. I'm still really big on video reference. Almost mm -hmm. any animation I do, even if it's a dragon, I still record myself doing something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The idea of being able to just throw a suit on real quick and jot down a whole bunch of ideas that way. Yeah. And even if I just have the skeleton running around inside a motion capture or, or – um, Maya or otherwise motion builder, like just being able to see it in 3D might help a little bit. And 
especially when I, and I've had this happen a lot is I record something and I do it all from like an angle and it was just to get some ideas. I'm like, Oh man, this, this one right here was perfect. But wait, I can't see what was my other arm doing there or what was my foot doing at this particular spot. Uh, whereas a, if it was motion capture, you would be able to rotate it around and figure out what you did at that particular yeah. moment. Um, so that's, that, that is a really, really cool advancement for our industry for sure. Yeah. That would be another thing for students as well is maybe animate all the way around. So if you did change the camera, because obviously in a live production, if someone says, Oh, moving the camera and then this arm's just like off screen janky or whatever, like if you have some sort of, yeah, if that's working from every angle, especially in games, has mm -hmm. to work from all the way around. So right. yeah, if you're looking nice everywhere, because a lot of us had a bit to camera for our personal shots or something, you're like, oh yeah, it looks awesome. But in reality, you might be hiding a leg under the floor or something, <laughs> depending on what they're doing. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I've certainly had my share of scenes like this, where you see the face yeah. and everything else. And as soon as the, like if I had the hands come up and do something like, ooh, as soon as they're like to here, they're just breaking, flipping all over the place. <laughs> and you have no idea because the shoulders and everything are still still and everything down here is just wiggling and going crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it, it is funny how uh, you think about like, oh, I got to animate the whole thing. But if it is a, 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 a framed shot where you don't have to worry about every angle. Yeah, there's certainly a whole lot of funniness going on outside the screen. Yeah. Yeah. I know my mentor, he works at Disney at iAnimate and he showed me a shot on Tangled where these horses come over the hill mm -hmm. and he showed me in Maya and everything's just hidden under the hill and it just perfectly comes into frame. Like, you won't believe it. And I was like, what? <laughs> like these yeah. six horses just come out of nowhere and it looks perfect on screen. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, this is what it looks like in Maya. I was like, oh yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking if it works, it works. But yeah, for games, obviously, if you're looking around the character, it all needs to work. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, there's very few cases where you don't have to worry about all the way around. Like if it's not multiplayer and it's a single player game and you only see from the shoulders up, like yeah. over the shoulder kind of third person thing, then yeah, like the legs and stuff, you, you won't have to really worry about unless you have mirrors or something in the game to see yourself. But yeah, it, it's funny how much can happen off a screen that you're not thinking about. You Like, like you said, there's horses coming over the hill. Yeah the the viewer puts in so much information that they don't yeah. realize they're putting in as you watch this horse come up they're thinking about the legs they're thinking about um even probably the dust that the horse is making as it's coming up and they fill all that information in themselves so there's no yeah. point if you can't see it to sit there and actually animate the legs going up this hill because like you said they're not going to see it yeah. and when you watch it you're just assuming it's happening behind the scene and uh, you fill in all that extra information. Yeah, so yeah. I, I actually really like the fact that you brought that up because a lot of students um, will also uh, be required to do dialogue shots and things along yeah. those lines. And when you're doing those, you're, you're generally like any film or movie or game or otherwise, you're generally not seeing the entire character, especially if it's dialogue. And it's never yeah. just from the side with both the characters sitting there like talking, 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 and you see their whole bodies, it's usually like you and I, like you'll see the shoulders yeah. up. And then the next shot might be hips up of the other character. Uh, and then it kind of, you have these scene flips and stuff. It's important to know, don't waste your time with what's going on from here down. Like, yeah. There's just really no point. And I, I fell victim to that when I was starting off was I animated the entire character and then I decided what I wanted my camera to be. Yeah, yeah. That was obviously the very opposite direction of what I should have done. And as a yeah. student, I had wasted so many hours because I had these weight shifts. Uh, one person like reached over and touched the table, um, and I had all this beautiful stuff. And then when it came to like, I was like, okay, now I'm gonna set up my cameras. I was naive in doing it that way. And then once I did it and I set it all up, it wasn't until it was a while afterwards, actually. I might have actually already been at work or otherwise, and someone was cheating something. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, dude, this looks like, and he showed me what it looked like in Maya. I didn't, wasn't seeing the yeah. play blaster otherwise. And I was like, oh, dude, like your legs are going all over the place. What is happening here? Because he wanted an opinion on something. So I thought that's what he wanted. And it yeah. wasn't until <laughs> yeah. after he was like, dude, that's off scene, man. Like, I don't care about that stuff. I was like, holy moly, how many times have I been animating yeah. things that might have been off scene? Yeah. Animating yeah. to the audience is so important. 
Yeah, I think if you have some basic feet movement, like obviously if they're just dragging along, mm-hmm. depends what they're doing. But yeah, if you have just a basic like plant, 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 that works. But yeah, if you yeah. put loads of detail in all the nice plants, you're never going to see it. Like I've been, I've done it before myself, and I'm just been like, yeah. I know it's there, but no one else does. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I, I can imagine how many hours have been wasted in the careers of everyone that has done things along those lines. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's kind yeah. of funny to think about. Yeah. Um, so with that, we were talking about looking at uh, motion capture data and things along those lines. Um, beyond motion capture data, where, do, how do you, um, how do you work on your current observational skills, and where do you find your inspiration from when you have a new shot coming up, or just honing your own skills, thinking, you know, like watching things that you don't even plan on animating, but how do you currently hone your own observational skills um usually it's through films or tv shows like i watched the mandalorian and i was just like my mind was blown of how good it was so then mm-hmm. i reached out to a guy on art station about his mandalorian model so then i rigged it and then i've been doing tests with him because mm-hmm. i just need to get that itch out <laughs> i mean it's like yeah. oh so that i need to do something so i've been doing loads of little animation tests with that rig and stuff like that so if i see it in a film i think oh that'd be cool or if i see a new rig that's really appealing like I saw one called the Dude Rig, I don't know if you saw it, like from Maya, and he looks mm-hmm. very Disney-esque. And so I did a little acting shot of him just because I could just picture it in my mind. He's like this jock dude, like comes towards camera, he's like, like sort of wrestler style. So I was like, right, I need mm-hmm. to do that. So it depends on the rig as well. If I see a rig and I think, oh, that's really appealing, I'll just have to try and come up with an idea for it. Or if I already see it, and I just straight away think, oh, that's that's an acting shot right there. Like, uh, mm-hmm. that's just, you know what I mean? Like, it just comes straight to your head. Or, yeah, but it's usually through yeah, films or TV or games. Like if I see a good game and I see a good cinematic, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like yeah. so I start spinning in the air, I'm like, oh, I need to do something along those lines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's where, yeah, it's usually just thinking, I'm inspired by all them people's like great work. And I'm thinking, I'm never gonna be able to do that. But then I try and they're like, oh, it's, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's scratchy by each. <laughs> I, uh, so w- when uh, I actually found the dude rig through you uh, looking at your, huh. your Twitter and I saw you mention it and then you showed it and I was like, oh, Kyle, that, that is actually a pretty unique character and it's pretty, uh, yeah. like you said, it's very Disney feeling with the shapes yeah. and, and, and stuff that you can do. Uh, so I actually went to that within the last few days. I don't remember exactly which day, but I actually went and it's opened in a tab inside of my uh, Chrome right now for me to go check out and probably pick yeah, yeah. up. I have not had an awful lot of time to do my own personal animations recently, but uh, a couple of other really great ones have come up. I think one was like the David rig uh, uh, came out and that looks really, really quite gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. Um, I picked up his entire series of rigs cause he came out with, I think four at the time. Uh, so I picked up all of his and I have yeah. like this laundry list of rigs yeah, piling yeah. up and some cool <laughs> ideas. Uh, Kyle Figgins, he has some really, yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah. and many of his are also game ready, so you can yeah. send them into the game really easily, uh, especially uh, like Unreal, we we do that all the time. Uh, I have so many, like, so many of his rigs, like just ready and yeah. ready for me to get to them, and uh, yeah. I, I'm, I, it's it's interesting to think like, oh yeah, you see a rig and it gives you an idea for an animation, and it's not always seeing something actually happening like a movie or an action in real yeah. world happening and going oh i have an idea for an animation sometimes it's just a thing you know yeah yeah um that was it with the dude rig i was just thinking i saw him i was like oh doing the wrestler promo i was like macho man they're all like oh yeah and all that sort of energy so i was like i need to get a clip like that and then i looked at the reference of the wrestlers being like crazy and all so yeah so yeah. then i did my own reference obviously which <laughs> wasn't as good as like what a wrestler would do and i tried to get right. some of them within all that so that's where it came from and like over a few days like it came quite quickly together because the idea was already there i planned mm-hmm. it out a bit did the reference did the shot and then i was like oh yeah it's came out actually okay <laughs> yeah um it, it, it's it, i always find it interesting to hear where people get their ideas and inspirations and things along those um because I've met some people that say like, well, I don't really watch movie and I don't really play games. I just do it for the love of animation. And like, and for me, I think like, wow, I get so much inspiration. Like every time a Spider-Man movie comes out or something along those lines, I don't have the 
I don't necessarily animate an entire scene, but I go in and I'm like, I just love the way that when he's in the air, he like his body is kind of yeah. scrunched up and his legs are under him, but his arms are out. And yeah. I'm like, I, I want to just create a quick pose. And yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. even have a Spider-Man rig, but I'm like, oh, I'll just do it on this character that I had from before just to try and get it out. And I think about how much inspiration I get there. And uh, one of my friends uh, in particular that I'm thinking about now, he doesn't watch TV. He doesn't have a TV in his home. He doesn't play games, but he just loves to animate. And so uh, I had asked him at one point, like, well, what do you do for inspiration? Uh, he loves to just go out in the public and watch people yeah. like just yeah, yeah. sitting at the dog park and with his dog while it's running around, watch other people with their not known that they're being watched and it's not like yeah. a recording. How much do people move? Like when they're sitting down at the bench watching their dog, do they shift a lot? Are they yeah. getting up and down a lot? And just listening to him talk about this, I'm like, that's really, really smart. And it's interesting to hear where your inspiration is coming from, knowing what he works on. And I'm thinking to myself, like, well, there's an awful lot of craziness happening inside of your, your video. How <laughs> how are you going about taking what you see at the dog park and having that as a person <laughs> jumping off a building and stuff? But he, I mean, he obviously, he makes it work. He's been doing it for a really long time, longer than I have. So he obviously is making it work. I, I just love hearing that kind of stuff because you never yeah, know. Yeah, you, can... you watch and you go to so many schools and they tell you, Go watch your favorite films, play your favorite games, do this thing, do that thing. And it feels like a set of rules. And it feels yeah. like, hey, if I'm not following the 12 principles perfectly, or if I'm not going from pose to pose and then going into this and then doing this and then doing this, I'm going to do it wrong. And while in the beginning yeah. it's nice to have that structure, it's it's interesting to know and it's interesting to hear from people that have been doing it for a long time what, what they do now. Because Every animation yeah. school I've I've really seen says, hey, draw a lot in the beginning and then do this and then do this and then do this. But uh, people that have been in it for a long time, they're like, hey, yeah, I haven't drawn out anything in years. Uh, some people say, uh, I don't do video reference. I only collect stuff from online. Some people say, I just do Google images and I think about yeah. a single pose that I want to get in and out of and they do that. Um, I'm, a, I'm a soup pot of different ways yeah, yeah. that I get my inspiration and ideas. Um, I kind of take a little bit of everything and break almost every rule that I can while I'm doing that. But, yeah, you know, yeah. it, it's it's interesting because you, you think about school and you think about all that stuff and it's always structure, structure, structure. Yeah. But then when you get to real world, it's like madness. Like everybody's got yeah, a different idea. Yeah. So It's like, yeah, make you work, yeah. So I used to fall down the loophole of thinking the graph editors are about to look nice at school. I was like, oh, I have mm -hmm. to work in this for ages. And then someone said to me, dude, if it looks good in the viewport, it doesn't matter. If you need to move the hand slightly, just do it. And if it works and feels smooth, just don't care about the graphs. Just, just make it work how you see yourselves being there, just noodling, making nice curves. And most of the time, it'd make you look more floatier anyway. So you'd be going backwards, really. So yeah, it's best to do what's looking nice instead of worrying about the tech stuff on the side. Yeah. I, I've actually, um, I can think of an exact moment at the school that I went to where they said, if you have any flat curves, something's not right. And yeah, like, yeah. for a while I lived by that. And I used to go to every single curve, like the end of the pinky, I'd go in there and be like, Oh, here's a spot where it's flat. But then in the animation, they're like in a fist and they're <laughs> like holding a sword. And I'm like, no, the pinky's gotta be doing something in there. It's sliding yeah. along it or something. And then you watch it and you're like, yeah, I can't see the hand. You know, yeah, yeah. no one's no one's zooming in during that knife swing to see exactly what that pinky was doing. So it could have probably stood yeah. still. Yeah. I know uh, you lose a lot in your poses that way as well. Like you don't if you hit that beat and then you're doing all that, it's like ooh, and then into the next one, which you never want. So right. Yeah, it's yeah, as long as it looks nice, don't worry about hitting the curves so much. Mm -hmm. But then people love the curves more than the viewport, so it's either or what your sort of workflow is. People love the graphic doing it, it looks awesome mm -hmm. still. Always have a bit of buff and try not to well, yeah, worry too much about having a nice smooth curve or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's it's an interesting trap because, I mean, if you don't pay attention to your graph editor, then your animation is probably going to be off <laughs> unless you put in a key on every frame. But then uh, if you spend too much time in it, as you said, the viewport is what's really important. And 
if it if you spend too much time in the graph editor, you might make it soupy feeling, like you said, floaty or otherwise, because yes. everything is on that same kind of flowiness. So yeah, that, uh, I appreciate you saying that. Um, yeah. So along with, I'm trying to think of, I'm terrible at transitions, and I try to think <laughs> of ways, like how can I take that to go this way? <laughs> I'm not great at it. Um, so with trying to find inspiration and things along those lines, uh, I like to ask this question about people because honestly, I've, I've, I have a list of things to purchase for myself now, is we, we know that there's some staple books out there uh, for animators to look at and, and things along those lines. And I know some of them are cliche, which is also perfectly fine because if it's perfect, then awesome. Um, are there any books or anything along those lines that you would suggest to a new animator that they might be interested in that might help them uh, figure out certain concepts or otherwise? Um, obviously, there's usual survival kit, like you say, the, the main ones, and there's the timing for animation. I think that was a good one as well. I think that's okay. all. Um, but the one that I used to try and learn more was a cinematography book. I think it was like, oh, was it the five C's or something like that? Mm -hmm. That was quite interesting, just like perspective and composition. That sort of got my mind out of just static camera, like, yeah, or whatever. Like, um, I think that'd be the best one. But um, usually, like, online, look at, like, the people who are doing the, the web webinars or something like that. Like, mm -hmm. um, Kyle Kentworthy, you've heard of him, his um, videos. Like, sure, I have. Yeah, he's, he's uh, I animate instructor now, but um, he okay. used to do stuff with like just a block, and he'd time everything out with the block, and then he'd go into his poses and do the whole process and stuff like that. Just like whoa, like <laughs> he started yeah. with a block, and now it's like this really awesome finished animation. So watching yeah. his stuff always made me feel like that sort of workflow I've been trying to use, especially in uh, body mechanics works. So mm -hmm. I definitely recommend like the, obviously the normal books that you get, like the usual animation ones but then yeah if you can get a good animator you admire and he's doing tutorials or webinars that you can pay for like cheapish you can see their workflow and then that helps a hundred times more than maybe reading a book that might not go into as much so like i've read the survival kit quite a lot and you go through it and it's like oh yeah yeah this is how you do it but then when it comes to actually animating like a lot of stuff goes out the window and if you see right. someone who was actually in the industry doing a shot that you like a similar body mechanic shot, you're thinking, oh, he uses this technique, and then you add some of obviously that 12 principles and what these guys are doing in the industry who've been in it years. That mm -hmm. stuff sort of, yeah, gets you to the end goal quicker, I think, than reading a lot of the books. But obviously, mm -hmm. do the books alongside your studies because they've got all these, these guys have done it for years and they've got really? the principles down. So it's like, it works. So you have to use that stuff. But yeah, mm -hmm. I wouldn't. Like it's not total gospel like you have to yeah your own workflow will come when you see you'll be working on your own shots or seeing your people doing these tutorials and adding mm -hmm. bits of it to your own workflow if that makes sense yeah um I, I really appreciate the fact that you brought up like the cinematography uh kind of books and things along those lines because animation is in its own respect a piece of art that is how to move and all those sorts of things mm -hmm. uh, but along with that comes other information that can be really helpful, if not for your actual job, but for gaining the one of the important principles to me, and I bring it up a lot, is appeal. So yeah. having a character running across the screen, like, okay, that person animated the run really well, uh, but the shot gets kind of lost. If it maybe started with the like from behind and all you're seeing is like a shoulder going and things along those lines and then it zooms out a little bit maybe it rotates around to the front and then you see the full run happening and maybe you see that they're running from a character or um, they're running from something hilarious or otherwise like a chicken is chasing them or something like yeah, that. Yeah. being able to add these cinematic moments can make it and, and i don't want to i don't want to use the wrong words here and um for for such little amount of knowledge that you can gain from looking at some cine cinematography things, like a 10 minute video, and you can go, oh wow, that's how I can make my shot look that much better. Um, and it's something, especially with gameplay animators, gets lost a lot because yeah. 
generally all of our time is spent animating to a 360 degree view from especially if it's a multiplayer game it's got to work from every yeah. angle you don't think about a camera view but when you're doing your demo reel you're only going to see it from the one angle and um, yeah yeah making sure that you're you're working with the angle that you have but then adding a flair to it whether you're twisting the camera moving the camera having interesting cut moments um it's that those are really important and i think it can really help sell your demo reel um and uh some other things that i've heard people say and things that i have of my own here sitting next to me are things like anatomy um, yeah. You can't really learn how to move a character's body unless you know the anatomy behind what's making that yeah. work. Uh, shoulder yeah. muscles, things along those lines. Um, I, I love hearing those those sorts of answers because, yes, yeah. you're going to get your staple survival kit response. Um, as I've mentioned in some of the other videos, I have a bookcase that is a couple of arm lengths the way. And then I don't have anyone that's close. And Richard Williams' book sits on the floor next to me. Because I pick yeah. it up so often and I look yeah. at it so often for inspiration or just trying to remind myself of some timing needs or otherwise. And it sits literally within arm's reach right here on the floor. Yeah. Um, so we all know the staple of the Richard Williams book, but I love hearing when people are like, oh, but cinematic, like you need to know cinematography a little yeah. bit. Maybe look into uh, lighting a little bit if you want to. Instead of go with a play blast, go with a yeah, a yeah, nice. Yeah, I've been looking in Arnold render recently for mm -hmm. stuff, and it's quite simple to get nice HDR lighting and set your textures up, and then it's it takes a while to render the frames, but it you can get really nice realistic results like quite quickly with that. I've noticed, and I'm not I'm not the best render guy, but for your real, right. you can like pop out a lot more and think. Oh, also this guy as well. I don't know if you've seen him, the sticky bones guy. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So. I use him quite a lot sometimes. Like if I'm just trying to work a pose out, just yeah, it's awesome. Just <laughs> literally throw it into a pose. You're like, oh, that's gonna work. I can see it's off balance. Or if I'm looking, I'm thinking, oh, the center's off. And if I move his hips, I'm like, oh yeah. So yeah, something like that as well on your desk is always good. Yeah, that, that's. I'm really glad you brought that up. I've seen a few of those uh, armatures, and I've put some thought into buying them. And I always put them uh, in a tab, and then eventually I end up losing the tab. So I've never owned one. <laughs> But what I love about it and what I've seen uh, of studios that I worked for when people have those is if you don't draw, and especially in, in uh, video game industry where you have to think 360, mm -hmm. it's so fast to grab one of those things yeah. and try to come up with something interesting. Uh, and what I like about it even more, if uh, it's not a work from home situation like most people are in right now, is being able to grab that thing, do something with it at your desk and go and talk to somebody be like, I was thinking about this, like, wh what do you think about this without having to bring them to your desk or send them an email and keep yeah. that organic nature between animators happening. And uh, I think that's really cool because you can hand it yeah. to somebody and, and tweak a little something here or there super fast. Um, and I really, I, I do have to buy one eventually. I, I think it's been like since my first year animating where I was like, I need one of those things. That's cool. <laughs> and I always yeah. find like the next new one and I add it to a cart and then I never end up hitting purchase and, yeah, I, I need to stick to going and getting one for sure. Um, thank you for sharing yeah, me that. My friend, okay. Yeah, my friend actually animated some stop motion with it, so you can actually, it's, it works well like with that. So he did a run and stuff. I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, I'd like to try that one day, but yeah, for now it's good for the poses. <laughs> yeah, I could probably put my camera to more use if I tried some stop motion. I tried, might have only been one ever stop motion animation. Um, and ever since that one thing that I did. And I think uh, what I was doing was I actually wanted to have like a little walk. And I keep showing my hands as if you can see them. Yeah, I think I was <laughs> doing like a little walk and I just wanted to do, and it's funny, I already brought up Spider-Man, but I wanted to do like a quick Spider-Man jump and get into that pose. And I made it to a part of the actual jump because I just was going picture, 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 picture. And I, yeah. knowing who I am, I, I, I was trying to figure it out, uh, frame timing, which usually would just drop frames, like spend more time moving it and just taking yeah. photos. And if you need to cut them for timing, then cut them for timing and spacing. But um, I started doing it and I, I got through very little of the animation. And ever since, I am in love with stop motion animation. Yeah, Watching yeah. those movies and realizing what they had to do to make those work. Yeah. 
the, just, the making of the crazy yeah you see other than the dude like the the time frame of some guy just like it's real yeah. fast and you're just like whoa that's like i think it was a uh, was it kudo is it called for the two strings is that the film kudo can't wait to call but yeah 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 there's a lot of making of that and there was a big dragon thing coming in and then flying i, I was just like this is crazy like how do you even do that <laughs> i i remember thinking uh i mean seeing that exact because they did time frame him or time yeah. lapse him doing that and making this thing yeah. flow and fly around and what is really interesting to me about that is the idea you have to have in your head before yeah. you start a scene like that has to be so spotless because there's no putting the armature over here in a pose that you like and then working your way to that there's just you can't do that you have to yeah. it's got to be all straight ahead animation so the way that those guys have to think about each animation it's got to be such an interesting process in their head and i'm yeah, sure they have the end, yeah the end of box trolls it shows you the guy walking the characters off as i was just mm -hmm. like it's great it's good that they put that in so like people who watch it think oh it's just an animated film but like obviously you don't have the know-how when you see him moving the characters like oh is that how it works like yeah frame by frame <laughs> yeah. yeah and i i love the feel of stop motion animation as well where i think about like caroline where they had a lot of clothing yeah. Um, that she was in and while I'm sure it makes some stop motion people aggravated where they accidentally as they were moving the head the shirt got touched and it moved a little bit so I love seeing those moments where like yeah, you see yeah. this little shake thing happening you're like you could yeah. feel them moving the thing instead of it being perfect perfect at all times and little things happen I, I I love seeing that. Like, it, yeah, it's yeah, it's so like the cool. Wallace and Gromit where they keep the thumbprints in, even though they can get rid of them now. Mm -hmm. So like, you can still see them in the more latest ones. And you're like, oh, that's cool. Like, <laughs> yeah. it just makes it feel awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting seeing where my my love for animation and the craft has come and gone from. Starting off when I was young, loving like Crash Bandicoot and things like those and Mario games, uh, to then really loving Pixar stuff and DreamWorks stuff and Blue Sky and all that kind of thing to stop motion because I think what I start to enjoy more is the craft that got you there. Whereas yeah. before, as a, what got me into it, which I, I certainly don't regret anything, um, what got me into it was the love of all the super beautiful stuff and it takes you out of thinking about the animator and these days I love thinking about the animator. So when I see like a 2D animation and you see some pencil lines all of a sudden, yeah, uh, yeah. Or, or they put in a couple of like where their sketches were and that sort of stuff, or maybe a, a, a frame number pops up in a corner or anything. Yeah. I love that these days. Cause now I think about the animator sitting there and spending their love for their craft and time uh, yeah. working on it. I, I just, it's still so cool to me. It's like um, Frozen 2, the making of videos. I preferred them more than I watched the film. Like they're showing you the mm -hmm. animators doing in dailies and the shots that we're doing, the struggles. I was like, oh, this is awesome. So it shows that they're human as well. So obviously we just see the polished awesomeness, mm -hmm. but they're like, they're struggling to try and get that shot to work right, like all the rest of the animators in the world, which is cool. And the Mandalorian yeah. ones, like how they made like the big LED screens and yeah. used Unreal for the real time, all that stuff. I was just like, oh, just like soaking it in, thinking, oh, I need to be part of all this stuff. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So that it, surprised it, me as well. I, I think you, you kind of brought up a really important part in that little sentence that you mentioned that uh, the people are still just human too. Um, mm -hmm. Because you think about Pixar, and I've heard people say things like, "Oh, I'll never be able to do that. Like, I, I'll not, I'll not get to that level." Um, but in, in all honesty, that person sitting at that desk doing the exact thing that you say in no way—that's uh, just yeah. a pipe dream. They probably thought the same thing ten years ago. You know, um, yeah. uh, I know plenty of students have gone straight from school right to places like Pixar and Blizzard. Yeah and Epic Games and things along those lines, their first job being a, a huge named studio. And uh, what's really important about what you said is just remembering like, hey, everybody started somewhere. And yeah. if, if your dream is to work at so-and-so studio, um, Blizzard or, or Riot Games or, or whatever, um, and you go, I wanna work there, that, that is my dream, 
stick to it. Don't think it's yeah, it's yeah. a pipe dream. Don't think that it's not something you can accomplish because you'd be really surprised at where a lot of people have come from and when they started to actually get into animation or otherwise. Um, so I, I really appreciate you bringing that up because that was my experience growing up. And uh, I came from a really tiny little farming town and the idea of making games wasn't even a, a, an idea to me. Like I loved yeah. video games, but I was always, oh, I, I don't know how they end up getting done. So I never even like looked into it when I was younger. Um, so I think that's that's important, and I appreciate you bringing that up as well. Yeah, I'm seeing the sound from a little seaside town. I've come full circle back to the seaside town and working from home. So yeah, yeah. so it's still like quite alien to people around here. Like, oh, you work on games? It's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, not like that's in these small towns, there's nothing for miles to do with games. So. Right. Um. So uh, we're we're just at about an hour here. Do you ha would you uh, finishing up? Is there anything that you would say or something you'd like to convey to new animators, uh, people that are trying to get into the industry or just coming out of school? Do you have any words of advice for things that we haven't brought up or do you think we've covered a good bit of it? I think we've covered quite a bit. Yeah, just keep going and keep animating. Like I've started maybe hundreds of shots and like you never, I sometimes don't even finish them, don't even open them again. But then you do have the odd shot that comes out that you think, oh, that's come out good. So. For every shot that I show, say on Twitter or Vimeo or somewhere, I've probably done 50 shots before that that's similar to that one. <laughs> like yeah. at some point, like in my personal time. So just keep going and every time you build, like even if you have a shot and you think, oh, something not right, you can maybe scrap it and then start again. And in the next time you work on that, your mindset's better and you know already what's gone wrong in the other one. So always just, yeah, just keep going forward, I think, with different shots and don't be comparing yourself too much to other animators because we all do it like you see someone shot like in the new blizzard trailer and you're just like oh, never gonna get that but you will get there more like i'm still learning as well trying to get to that level of where i'm happy of how my work is i don't think any animator thinks a shot's finished <laughs> it's like oh, if yeah. you say a shot's finished yeah it's like you just you'd peck away at it for months and months but you just have to say like there's the line it's that's how i'm gonna leave it for now but yeah, yeah as long as you learn to keep going out new animations try and get inspiration from everywhere you can really and whatever works for you. Mm -hmm. Great. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. And uh, I really appreciate you coming in and, and conversating with me about this stuff. And I think a lot of what we talked about is going to be really helpful to students and, and prospective students, people that think, you know what, maybe I don't even want to look into it. That sounds too hard. Those guys are gods amongst men and women uh, when it comes to making animation and that kind of stuff. Um, I really appreciate you uh, talking through a lot of those sorts of things and, and humanizing it for people. I, I appreciate yeah, it. definitely. Yeah. I, well, I did. I used to work on a building site for years and I went to university a bit later. So you can change your life around. That was like I left school five years of being working on building sites and stuff and then decided to go to university and then become an animator. So even if you're later in life, don't think you're too old. Like any age, you can jump in the industry. Yeah. So yeah, you can start a junior whatever age you are or wherever it's if you've got a passion and like the drive to get to that point then go for it great thank you so much i really appreciate you taking your time today and and speaking with us and uh, i i look forward to seeing more of the stuff that you guys make and um yeah i, I want you to have a good day yeah it's been awesome thanks for having me on uh, absolutely you have a good one all right have a good one bye all right, thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to this. And I want to ask just two things of you. Number one, make sure to leave a comment or rank this wherever you are listening to it on Apple, uh, Stitcher, Spotify. Really makes a difference in helping us get the word out about this industry and about what we do. Number two, make sure you visit vertexschool.com to learn more about what programs we offer in this area as a creative and for artists who are looking to jumpstart their career and discover a new industry. Again, thank you so much for listening. We're accepting applications right now, so I look forward to hearing from you soon.